0: showtime folks enjoy the show we're delighted to have you with us
1: they're driving the theater
0: you'll find something to please you to add to your evenings enjoyment please to bring you our FIFA feature presentation
2: What's up, everybody? Good evening. It is another Monday. It's live. It's Monday night. It's 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and you are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. And I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. That's Jake, and <laughs> why? We,
1: why don't you accept it?
2: Well, because you'll at least say your name. If we're you know ever going to become famous, we got to have our names out there. This, so we uh, can be like celebrities, and yeah. people can can watch our like when you start pooping in beds, and I can be like, "No, I'm no, Your gonna, Honor, I'm not going to be an amber turd." Yeah, and um, yeah yeah i get to be johnny and you could be amber no way yeah no no um, i'm not gonna be an amber turd you got the longer hair no
1: not one yeah, way no and, and i wear bracelets and stuff actually and this stuff. weekend i was or, uh first thursday a uh, a fan of the show hollered at me and said yo slick doggy." <laughs> Shout out to Jacob. Uh, who was this it's one of our fans man uh, our, our okay. fan base
2: okay and they and they and they called you slick doggy. absolutely okay all right well there we there we go um Shout out's already in the chat there. Uh, thanks for Vince tuning in on Twitch. McLean over on YouTube. Uh, you too can join in the fun every week. If you are listening to the podcast, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can always remember to set a subscription notice or an alert or whatever and tune in live on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube every uh, Monday night, Central Standard Time, and join in on the fun. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about movies as we always do. We're going to give you um, the news, what's coming out this week weekend, what we saw this past weekend, what made money at the box office, uh, all of that stuff its what we do each week, so um, I, we got to catch two films this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably start by talking about Watcher, which is a new kind of Euro horror thriller. That's uh, it's, it's it's in somewhat limited, expanded release. It's still in, in under 1,000 theaters nationwide. And we both got a chance to see Crimes of the Future, mm-hmm. the new David Cronenberg film, which is also in only about 700 or 800 um, theaters nationwide. And it so. wasn't
1: even an announced release because we, we yeah. told you what movies were coming out this uh, past weekend. Snuck in. And it snuck in because I checked our local listings and I was like, oh, snap. And I told my boy, and we were able to go watch it.
2: Yep, so uh, check that out. We're going to be talking about that in the second half of the show. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But in the first half of the show, as we always do, we like to talk to you about news. Um, a lot of the news lately has been revolving around uh, television. A lot of television news. I mean, sh- the, the boys' new season just dropped. The mm-hmm. Orville's new season just dropped. Yes. We've got... Um, uh, Obi Wan is is out and just dropped. I mean, there is just. TV upon TV upon TV that everybody's talking about. We've got um, the new the Netflix uh, tra- uh, Wednesday trailer that's going to be dropping pretty soon. You've got a lot of these other series that are that are getting more teasers, like Lock and Key season three coming out uh, in uh, in August. And you know you've got just just uh, oh wait, uh, Stranger Things season four is is out and people are checking it out. So a lot of people talking about TV. The Sandman coming out in August. Just lots of lots of stuff. Um, but uh but yeah the 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 one piece of news that i thought was pretty interesting revolves around top gun uh, maverick and oh yeah i saw this so yeah there is a lawsuit Uh, against a copyright claim for Top Gun. It, you know, of course, was based on a 1983... Or the original film was based off of a 1983 uh, Californian article. uh, And, you know, they've got copyright claims to it. And uh, these same people are suing Paramount for violating said copyright because they consciously failed to renew um, some sort of copyright in 2020.
1: But It's the the children of the original author, because he's passed, Ehud Yane. Uh, his children have decided that they are going to sue Paramount because
2: uh, free money because yeah. why would we ever need jobs we're kids of someone who did something great so we're gonna we're gonna sue and make money
1: right so they're asking for the cease of distribution of the film of Top Gun Maverick as well as all subsequent films to occur if they were to do so because they sent a letter in January of 2018 to Paramount saying hey uh was it 20, 2018? Yeah, 2018. 2018, yeah. Uh, saying, hey, uh, we're going to take back the copyright in 2020 if you guys don't renew it. Uh, and then they did Top Gun, but it got postponed and postponed. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's unclear whether filming finished before that renewal was up or not. Mm-hmm. And so they're banking Marky on water, that, it, yeah. that it wasn't done. Uh, but who knows? It probably was done. Sufficiently because, completed. Yeah. Right, right, right. Legally, And uh, they're, they're just trying to bank on the fact that they used the words top gun basically uh which i think paramount has a good case in the fact that top gun is just so culturally ingrained for the last like what 26 years 20 uh, or uh, 36 years yeah so uh it's it's something that yeah, I mean, good luck with it. But well, it, I
2: mean, the the, the the young, they they retained the services of a pretty famous IP attorney, yeah. uh, Mark Toberoff. That's who, who I was going to talk about. He, uh, you know, has represented uh, the Superman estate. Um, he's worked on behalf of Jack Kirby's heirs for uh, stuff against Marvel. He's working um, on a
1: lot of Marvel things right now to get stuff back from Disney mm-hmm. for its Marvel creators. But one thing about Marvel Comics and the reason that things like Image Comics... Dark Horse comics, things like that, Wild, uh, Wild Storm, things like that exist, is because those are like the artists retain their creations. Marvel and DC, the artists and the creators do not r- retain anything. The 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 authors, the artists, the inkers, the letterers, no one retains anything in the big comic world of Marvel and DC. That's for the the independent world, but he's representing all these people to get Marvel stuff back. He's also uh representing the dude that was the script writer for the original Friday the 13th mm-hmm. over who owns the character of Jason Voorhees
2: I mean <laughs> he's
1: just like is that an IP Send Let's it at get me. you Let's dollars.
2: Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go. I feel like he you, you know, there's always like every every mid sized city has the billboards or the you know, the better call saw like booth that's just like neck injuries, seatbelt problems, call the cowboy, like so and so Jacobson, attorney at law. And I feel like Mark Toberoff is that guy, but for IP claims, he's just mm-hmm. like Disney got you down, you did you pin a superhero when you were in junior high and now you've seen it on the movies? Well, like- Call me.
1: Beetlejuice when he's in the model. Yeah.
2: And he's just <laughs> he's the rootin' tootin'. tootin'. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, eating yeah. Eating flies and and, uh, and and getting the women's mm-hmm. uh, at, at the Dante's Inferno Club. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, Mark Tobaroff, He he's he's dealt with, like, the Predator uh, settlement. and I mean, chances are Paramount's probably going to settle. You know, they're going to be like, okay, shut up, here's money, because we know that, that that's what you want. You just want to continue to maintain your ease of life. And that's the whole
1: reason like they're that. they're suing is because they know they can get an out-of-court settlement for mm-hmm. undisclosed amount of dollars to To get them to just go away.
2: Well, and, you know, this is this is some kind of an interesting concept when it comes to intellectual property and copyright law. Um, you know, and, and have you, you? It reminds me of that movie. Uh, I think it was called "About a Boy," uh, and it was. Um, a movie about this guy who wrote a really famous Christmas song and basically just lived off the royalties and was just kind of a douche. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, the movie's like a romantic comedy and whatever. Take it or leave it. But uh, but it was interesting, like seeing the life of a guy that hasn't really done anything creative ever and just lives off royalties of this one thing. Um, And you you, you think about intellectual properties like this where it's okay, you know, I understand if, say, someone like Stanley, You know, Stanley created all these characters, and Stanley was very famous, and Stanley, you know, continued to be a champion for these things, and he kind of got screwed over and didn't really own his own properties. That's not fair, right? But when you get to the point where it's like children of children are being like, my grandpappy record- made this thing, and we haven't really done anything to manage it, improve it, create with it, or you know uh like commercialize it or package it or sell it we just we just live like parasites off of the you know pop culture economy that if somebody else does something we're gonna swoop in and go thanks for your hard work we need a piece and like i i really don't like that like Mm. i mean you know there should be a point where it's like look if you're not doing anything with it let somebody else to have a turn you know but if you're sitting there constantly creating and making something or or you know how like some of those copyright roll like like fantastic four it's like if if fox didn't make a fantastic four movie they'd lose the copyright i think that should apply to a lot of things it's like lose it or, you, or use it or lose it and let somebody else you know do something with it you see this a lot in you know back when people gave a shit about physical media you know i think evil dead 2 was one of a really really good example in the video world where you could readily available find evil dead you could readily available find uh, army of darkness on like vhs and dvd but you could never find the good one evil dead 2 and it was because and of course because i'm you know just this is all coming out of the top of my head and i'm like pre-prepared notes um the there was a this this weird little distribution company that bought the rights to evil dead 2 back when no one really gave a shit about it before it became like a cult phenomenon and have just can't just squatted on it and we're just like no no we're not gonna let anybody see that we're just gonna wait until someone offers us this obscene amount of money um and then we're gonna be dicks about it all the time we're not gonna let it get released and if we do it's gonna be the the halfest ass of all releases and um And I just think that sucks, you know, it's, it's, um, and that's kind of an unfortunate side effect of, you know, the art world and movies and media. Um, but you know, we're totally okay with Spotify completely screwing over musicians, but you know, uh, and then somebody like this gets to go like, well, my daddy's 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 daddy wrote an article about an airplane and a cool guy. And so I need millions of dollars. And, uh, it's like, shut up, you know? Yeah. 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 So anyway, end rant. I hope they lose. <laughs> you know, Mr. Toberoff. What a sleaze.
1: Uh, well, before it gets too far away from it, uh, talking about the TV, Sam said that uh, Slick Doggy looks like a watcher. If you're talking about the watchers from Highlander... I'll take it, because the Highlander TV series watchers were cool.
2: Yes. Uh, and then
1: Vince had a really good uh, Foreign Films comment, and I missed it. Oh, on, man. Yeah.
2: Uh, Michael on Facebook says, Has anyone besides me here seen the original Crimes of the Future 1970? If not, you can find it on YouTube. Yes. Um, and that was something I was going to talk about later in the show, um, because the new, crime, new Crimes of the Future is... Only related it to the original in the terms of Cronenberg likes goopy organ stuff. Just and, reusing his own title. Yeah, just just I guess he couldn't think of another name, and so uh, yeah, they're they're not linked. But um, honestly, the original nineteen seventy Crimes of the Future is really worth a watch. So, uh, but we'll talk about that later in the show when we get to those reviews. Um, what? What else to do? Did you have some news? What did what, we? What, what, what uh, well, doing? that was
1: yeah. That was one of the things I had in the news here was about the whole thing there. Uh, there was the Wednesday trailer released, uh, which is um, something. It's the it's it's minimal. You get to see Wednesday and you see uh, thing, but he's all he's like a patchwork Frankenstein thing. So don't know how to feel about that. But Tim Burton's Wednesday hit Netflix here sometime soon.
2: Um, and did you see the uh, sneak peek, first look at the One Piece live action Netflix? Netflix? No, yeah. I have not. Yeah, well, they did a they did a little sneak peek uh, on the set, showing the construction of the boat and uh, the Going Mary? Uh, yeah, so they did. A, there's a time lapse of them building this uh, this boat set, and uh, I mean. I don't know anything about One Piece. I know that you do uh, uh, I have a lot of history with One Piece. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, here's another Netflix live action example of something that probably shouldn't happen. Oh, because, absolutely not. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, what what, what, what they, they try to do Full Metal Alchemist. They try to do Death Note. They try to do uh, Cowboy Bebop. And all of them were received poorly. And um, so what makes them think One Piece is going to be any different? Except for, I mean, who doesn't like pirates? Yeah, but the One Piece pirates aren't like they're not but they're on the water I mean they're very Jack Sparrow-y they like ambiguously androgynously sexual no and, there's nothing uh, like that at all whatsoever what are what you are talking you? about what's the like the dude that dresses up like a woman and is like and like does the peace sign and fights like on one piece they all are like and there's like so there's like a lot of weird so in one piece in once you
1: get into it you meet Mr. Tube Bone Clay who's an Okama and he constantly yells Okama away. He's the coolest character to have ever been made ever and he's the best character in the show of all time. And later you find out there's an entire Okama island.
2: Okay. And And so, he's the one that wears the ladies clothes and the Yeah, lipstick. they're
1: all they're all I don't know what the proper word to use and I don't want to say. Say it on 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 live broadcast if it's wrong.
2: Just say they're pretty. Uh,
1: uh, Are they pretty? Uh, I don't. I have no clue what you're talking if, about. I don't know if the right word is is, is cross dressing or transvestite or transsexual or, or whatever it is. That's what Okama is basically. Yeah. Okay. Out of the way. Uh, there's a whole island of that, and 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 it's ruled by Ivankov, and Ivankov is super rad as well. So if that's who you're talking about,
2: even cough uses Okama Kenpo. I've never seen any of it. I don't well, it's know. very
1: good. I I'm, I'm highly recommend it. I mean, you're the weeb, as Vince is pointing out. Oh, uh, of course. So I'd, I would, I would recommend it. I'm, I'm, I've started watching it again, so I have something to. Uh, yeah, I saw your brother uh, catch the other day. up to. Yeah, and talk were, about yeah. with my brother. Yeah, because yeah. my brother just restarted it. Uh, I got him into One Piece way back when I quit at episode like five or six hundred something I've, I've gone back to that point to see if I can make it up to where it is now since it's just all over the internet and being amazing one Piece has been going since like ninety eight or ninety nine as an anime. It's
2: been a long, a long thing. Long I've, I've, ne- I've never yeah. seen it. I, I, sh- I should. I probably like it. You know. I just. You probably it. would, honestly. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Live. I'm not poo pooing on it. I just don't know anything. about it. A live
1: action Netflix adaptation. I really don't know how it's going to
2: work at all. No, I don't think so either.
1: Because I mean, how are you going to do the superpowers? How are you going to do
2: stretching? Yeah. Fantastic I mean, Four stretching. The, the, I, that's the what the, hit the main guys, right? He, he's Luffy, stretchy, right? Yeah. He's made that's of his rubber. whole thing.
1: Well, yeah, he he ate the, the gum gum fruit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. The gum gum fruit. <laughs> um, it's, duh. I mean, the whole thing is that it's dumb. I mean, like, yeah, the, the author knows he's like, oh, dude, it's so dumb. Here's the thing. But it's the most popular media to have ever graced the planet.
2: Well, I mean, I guess you're, I mean, I can't argue with that. Um, but anyway, uh, there there's a teaser out there. It's going to be a live action. Other series that have been renewed. Um, what we do in the shadows has been uh, renewed for seasons five and six, oh, and four dropping soon. Snap! Cannot wait.
1: I need more of that in my life. I have been waiting <laughs> since what, October is when it, when it ended. Yep. It seems it's, like it was so long ago. It
2: has been so long ago. Such a great series there. What we do in the shadows. Um, what else did I want that, to, that's, that's really, that's really about all I had unless you had something else. Cause I mean, uh, got it, hit big...
1: the, it hit the news. There was an interview with Jose Fernandez, the man that designed Val Kilmer's bat suit, uh, here in the wake of Top Gun Maverick where the reappearance of Val Kilmer on screen in a, Big movie. Uh, he's done a couple of indie movies, but uh, like a big movie. And he explained why nipples end up on the bat suit. He well, said, it, "Tell us, it wasn't like a creepy, weird thing, or like a fetish thing, or like a despite." Joel Schumacher uh, (laughs) Uh, being Joel Schumacher. Just trying to make things weird. Uh, He said it was inspired by uh, Roman armors that had the same thing because they were trying to be as anatomically correct as possible as like an outer thing, which is seen in samurai armor and uh, uh, centurion armor and things like that. So he said that was the whole thing. Big nipple energy, man. Free the nip on the battlefield
2: and stopping crime.
1: Yeah, emulate Roman centurion armor. I don't know Thank if you buy it or not, but that was a, a a new in the news thing out there about that.
2: Well, there you go, little little nipple news for you. Um, but I think we need to tell you what's coming out this weekend. I think you know. I think we're gonna we gotta take a minute and talk about it. We gotta uh, we gotta we gotta play some sort of music or or I don't know something just to because it's 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 here. And everybody's gonna be see like it's gonna dethrone Top Gun, um, which is sad because it's gonna be way worse. Top Gun, Maverick was slick, yes, uh, but Jurassic World. What is what is this one even called? Uh, ju- ju- d- Dominion or yes, yeah. Jurassic World Dominion is coming out this 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 weekend man it's it's here colin trevorrow bringing us dinosaurs again um four years after the complete and total destruction of everything that we know jurassic park somehow they uh have now all been um they now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world um for for reasons and um, there's a couple of YouTubers I watch that have partnered with them, and they have like a
1: department of prehistoric animals thing. Like the 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 the, the Jurassic Park dinosaurs have been able to integrate
2: uh, into society,
1: procreate, and 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 proliferate to the point that there's so many of them that they just they're all over the world. But it's like when they In last four years, <laughs> yeah, when they last left the island. They left so many of them to die from the volcano. Like that sad
2: long neck that was just like, ah, yeah.
1: got like lava. Yeah, the, yeah the, the Brachiosaurus that just like raised up and was like, who don't leave me. And they were like, bye. And <laughs> Later just, nerd. Yeah, got torched. Oof. Yeah, and they only had like, what, 20, 25 friggin' dinosaurs and, of different species. And now they're like, I mean, oh. Duggars can't even replicate that fast. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, how do you expect dinosaurs to populate the earth?
1: Yeah, so they're like, oh, all these dinosaurs, uh, life uh, 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 finds a uh, way. It's like, that's not how this it's works. That's not how life works. You have works. to have at least two. Life you, doesn't
2: have a cheat code. It right. can find a way, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a, the Konami code.
1: Yeah, and uh, what's uh, what's old dude's name? The guy that plays the doctor that they turned evil in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, what uh, is his uh, name? B.D. Wong.
2: Yeah, B.D. Wong, who's yeah. always the evil doctor. Well, no, he was, he was, he was a good a f- doctor. In the first but, one? But, I mean, if you've watched B.D. Wong's SVU. career, he he he's a nefarious doctor. He's, 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 he's always a doctor.
1: He's a good guy in SVU, but, yeah, he's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. Uh, but in the, in the trailer for this, he's like, we made a mistake. <laughs> it's like, Bruh, like, how, how do you have it where, you know, 25 dinosaurs of different species just all of a sudden replicate? Do they, like,
2: <laughs> split? Yeah, they just, like, like amoebas, they just go... Yeah, they do, like, a
1: a mitosis thing, like...
2: Now I'm two raptors. Yeah. Um, Or,
1: like, a piece of them falls off and grows into a new one. A whole new raptor. It makes no sense. And I was thinking about this while watching the trailer the other day. They were like, oh, we can't find all these dinosaurs. In the very first stupid-ass friggin' Jurassic uh, World, they were like... Uh, every single dinosaur is outfitted with trackers and we can find them and shut them down. And they're like, oh no, it clawed the tracker out of itself. Every other dinosaur still has their dumb tracker for you to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you just be like, well, there it is. And then trank you you're not following your own... Well, and, and
2: especially considering, you know, they captured so many of them in, what, what was it, part three, where they no, just... No, this is, this is two, the third one, yeah. Where they, they, they wrangled them all up. Like, I don't know, this... The, you, and, and for me, like, when I watched the first Jurassic, I guess, world, um, it didn't feel like that world existed in the same world as Ellie Statler and Alan Grant, you know? And now it does. And I, I these two worlds, these two Jurassic parks colliding... um, I just don't like the way it feels. Like, I didn't want the, the, the Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, like, era of Jurassic Park to to infiltrate my Laura Dern and Sam Neill Jurassic Park. You know, those, those things oh. just feel weird, like oil and water going together. They
1: already brought...
2: Laura get, Dern in though for like a hot second, mm. you know. And uh, but now you know you're getting the whole gang. You're getting the Jeff Goldblum. You're getting you know like why don't they just bring Timmy back? What's he been doing? And uh, like just just go ahead and get them all in there. Um, and, get and, the girl with the Jello. Yeah, <laughs> get Jello girl. Where where's she doing? Like she's probably not doing anything. Um, call them up. Get them in here because that's all this movie feels like to me is just like how do we continue to drive this ship into a billions of dollar uh, franchise. And it's just like, it feels so void of ideas that they're throwing anything and everything they can at this one to make it survive. And, you know, the, the problem I have with this Jurassic World Dominion is the same problem I'm having with all of this elaborate web of mcu and star wars stuff that's starting to happen like there are so many star wars shows coming out in the next like year that i cannot keep them all straight like there's the andor one and then there's like the 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 lost jedi jedi uh, uh orphan something or another show and then you got obi-wan and then there's you know i think another say season of mandalorian isn't Dola? Then- Two saber girl Rosario Dawson. Oh yeah, her own. There, yeah. There's a whole another uh, Ahsoka Kano. Is that That's her name? Uh, She's getting a whole one. Like, and it's just like there's so much going on, and I'm like, I can't and don't want to consume it all to just to, to 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 have at it but I think that the problem is is you know all of these properties that are being held sacred to fans are sacred because there is a scarcity of them it's like oh like there's this perfect diamond and you know uh, I value I treasure this because there's not a lot of them and this was a gift and and when they're just everywhere in abundance and you're just being thrown diamonds in your face and going yeah I heard you like this like have more of this and more of this and more of this you're like shit I don't want it anymore. Like, get it out of my face. Sam just gave me a great idea. I'm going to say it out loud, but with the
1: pretense that Disney, you owe me dollars. I want it. This is recorded. What? What is today? Today is June sixth. Got a copyright. Hey.
2: IP it so we can Today is
1: National Drive-In Movie Theater Day. I almost forgot. It it is. It is. Because in 1933, it was the first opening of the very first drive-in movie theater. So today is Happy Drive-In Movie Theater Day. How How about that?
2: How did we almost miss
1: that? I know. I I almost missed it. But so Sam gave me an idea. Disney, you owe me dollars. I need them. Please give them to me. He said, uh, Star Wars Pod Racing Nights. Check this out. Disney Plus has the Hulu and ESPN bundle. They need to just start showing Pod Racing on ESPN. Have like an actual NASCAR type broadcast, indie type broadcast of Pod Racing.
2: But how would we, but, but Jake? That the Pod Racing doesn't exist.
1: It doesn't have to. They just CG the whole thing, man. So then, how did you? I mean, just like they did racing during COVID, they had all the so people. So make
2: it like, make it like only sport i can think of that's fake which is wrestling and um mm, i don't like that but i mean mm. but i mean but how how i mean nascar people obviously it's, it's no stupid because it's cars going around they circle, could do just like they but, did real racing they do i racing
1: and they could have it as pod racing and it would be perfect it'd have real people racing it'd be just like it, they did during covid but what like, what are they, piloting drones? No, dude. So during COVID, NASCAR and Indy and all those people, they did iRacing. There's a website. It's called iRacing. They, they drove would, RC cars? No, they would set up in rigs, and they would do digital racing with with computerized physics, but it's, like, hyper-realistic, and it's what real drivers use to train, like flight simulators for pilots.
2: People spend that much money? Thousands. On that?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a good time, dude. God, Absolutely. The, the point business. is... The point is you could have real pod racing and then you could have some idiot going now this is pod racing i mean i'd watch it yeah it'd and be like good. a little
2: subulba flying around going bah, 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 yeah and, and pod and
1: racing's crash and like bah, bah,
2: bah. yeah and like one of those like like chicken lizards like going across the road it'd be good um, yeah, okay, well, I'd be down Like, you know, I thought we were going to get drone racing uh, For the longest time, like in abandoned that's shopping malls That's and a real stuff. sport Yeah, but where is it? Is it like on ESPN 12 or something? I don't get these channels I mean, it's hard to watch, they move so fast and. Well, pod racing, how are you going to watch that? Those things move faster than, than drones I mean, when it's digital, you can set the cameras wherever you want them God, I guess they don't exist um, yeah. Okay, alright, yeah, alright God, the we, the I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but the fact that it sounds like a good idea is also weird, and makes me think that the world we live in is some alternate universe that shouldn't exist. Um, they did talk about firing
1: up that Hadron Collider again, or they did get, fire it up. I don't they? know. Are we
2: what? Are we in a different timeline?
1: Hey, is it Bernstein Bears or stain Bears? <laughs> yeah, wh- which one? <laughs> let are we me in? know. Let me know which universe I've jumped to here.
2: Oh, geez, uh, one of us is going to be Scott Bakula. And we're trying to save the world. No. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> it always makes me think of the meme where he looks in the mirror.
2: Yes. There's, there's some classic quantum leap. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jurassic World Dominion coming out in theaters this weekend. You know, we'll um, probably have to watch it. Of course. Of course. I'm pretty sure one of our viewers, Logan, already he already bought my ticket on AMC A-List, like Entourage, but I'm not even going to be here in town and he just went ahead and got it. He's just like, nope, you're going. I'm like, well, I mean, you'll have an empty seat next well, to you, I guess. Well,
1: because he loves Jurassic
2: Park. Yes, he does. I have my like my Jurassic Park Where's map it? is back here somewhere, and then oh, we yeah. got the T Rex. He's back there on oh, the the map. Oh, yeah. the park map. I don't know. It's
1: yeah, hidden. I'm, we will we we'll talk. Have, we'll bring it back next we week. Used
2: to be right there. It was, but it, I mean, it reflected light weird on the set. And, uh, but anyway. Let's see. That's what's coming out. So um, that's the only thing coming out. That's it. You know, it's gonna be a Top Gun, Jurassic Park kind of weekend. So there you go. How do you compete with it? You don't. Uh, you go You go fall in line with the rest of uh, the Lemmings. But uh, let's go ahead and get some reviews going. It is the middle of the show. We need to start reviewing some films. I'm going to start with The Watcher because I'm the only one that saw this one. Um, this film, again, like I said, is in less than 800 theaters nationwide right now. It's from director Chloe Okuno. Um, it stars... Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of big names attached. you got Micah Monroe uh, who delivers a really great performance um, as the character... Julia, her uh, fiancé or husband, I'm pretty sure husband, Carl, played by Carl Gloosman, and the sort of antagonist of the film, uh, Bern Gorman, playing the Watcher. And Bern Gorman, if you know who I'm talking about, he is like, he is just a creepy, creepy looking man. Um, he's got this enormous jawline and these big cheekbones. He always plays some sort of just um, scruffy butthole that uh, you can't trust you know, he's always like, Arr! he has a cane, and he's just mean and or Scruffy sideways. Scruffy's Well, you know, except even in the Pacific Rim, he was a good guy, but you still hated him because he looked creepy. Um, but anyway, Byrne Gorman, he plays this guy. The movie is is kind of a, you know, you could call it a Euro thriller, a suspense thriller. It takes place in Bucharest, and it oh. is about this uh, this newlywed couple um, moved to Bucharest. Because the, um, the the Francis the the man he uh, I guess is from Romania and uh, they go there to move they were back there for work and sh- uh, his wife Julia follows but she is isolated and I think that this movie you know initially my one sentence review is I actually really enjoyed this movie it doesn't do anything new or unique or exciting or groundbreaking but I thought it was a very competent suspense thriller um and the interesting thing about this movie that you see in and and um not a lot of films but in this one uh they use the isolation like in horror and in suspense there's something um that you gotta have to have to get get people scared and that's being alone like oh i'm trapped in the woods or oh everybody's gone or oh um you know it's just me but here she's surrounded by people all the time but what isolates her is this language barrier and i thought that was a really interesting plot device to uh, establish this sort of like isol- like scary isolation is because you're in this place and you're surrounded by people but you can't communicate with them um, you see people but you don't know how to you know, uh, call for help or talk to people and you just become very alone and she notices this person across the building that is just staring at her at all the time and unlike most final girls in this sort of formula of horror and suspense Uh, And just, like, being running and going, oh, I need help and no one's listening to me. She, like, straight up goes and knocks on the dude's door. She's like, what's your freaking problem? You know, and uh, there's a couple of really interesting face-to-face scenes with the two characters that you don't normally get out of this kind of movie where there's – the first meeting of this person that you know as a bad guy isn't, you know, getting a bag over the head and a knife in the gut. It's like you're having a conversation. I thought that was really cool to build this sort of suspense and leave you guessing. Um, but the movie is slow. It's droning. It's it's haunting. It's isolating. It's cold and it's lonely. Um, but it does deal with a lot of really interesting themes. Um, and the the uh, ending, while not some sort of a twist, is is kind of a fun. Uh, sort of jab at the end like it, it, it ends very nicely um, the the point is made the you know you you get a sense of re- resolution but also a little MacGuffin as well and uh, I I think it was fun you know I mean you don't see a lot of good competent thrillers that hit theaters and this one of course you know it did well at Sundance um, it's not going to make a lot of money it's probably not even going to get a wide release now that Jurassic World's coming out mm-hmm. but um, I think that, that that if you get a chance to watch this uh, you should and I think that that Michael Monroe and Bern Gorman have a really interesting um, uh, chemistry on screen, and uh, just some really good performances by some up-and-comers. And uh, there you go. <clears throat> as 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 uh, Melody Mayhem on YouTube said, but that second meeting, though, yeah, the second meeting is um, more deadlier than the first. But uh, but I thought it was fun. You know, I mean, it's um, a psychological thriller. Deals with you know uh, a lot of a lot of things that are um, happening in films right now where. You know, it's uh, the female voice being snuffed out and and you know not not respected. There's a there's a, a slight feminist angle to this that that is tasteful in a sense that uh, doesn't make it feel heavy handed, but draws you into this sort of you know problem that uh, that women face in especially in urban areas. It's like you know um, what if someone's following you? If like someone was following us home, like you know uh, we'd be like, hey buddy, back off. But and we don't as as men, you don't normally think about that. <laughs> but you know what what is this woman to do and in a place where she can't really talk to anybody about it and um it i think it did it well i thought i thought it was good mm. and if you don't see it in the theater i think it's definitely something to check out on streaming um i i don't see anything wrong with this movie i think it was a competent thriller how about that how about that uh sam asks where is it on the pants worthy scale blue jeans or pajama pants um Man, this one's hard because it really depends on what you're wanting out of it. If you want to get out of the house and go see a movie, because the theater's a great place to be and escape your home and escape your your kids and your cell phone and, you know, um, a, a spouse that maybe you've been in the house with too long and, you know, or a job or a whatever, um, then, yeah, go see it in the theater. But, you know, I wouldn't be like, you can't miss this movie. You can definitely wear your jammies to the theater. Like, um... Yeah, there you go. Wear your jammies to the theater. Don't don't put on your Sunday best. How about it? Hey, before we hop into our next movie, can we
1: talk about the Orville? Since we're big Orville fans, Let's and that's something do it. that we talk about on this show, and it would be a shame for us to not talk about the Orville when it was
2: just released last Thursday. The Orville. If you've been watching the show for a while, you'll know that the Orville is some of our favorite sci-fi TV to have hit. Um, small screens in the past several years. Like It's
1: the best Star Trek since Enterprise. <laughs>
2: I mean, the Orville...
1: None of the new Star Treks can be as Star Trek as the as Orville. The Orville. Yeah. And,
2: you know, uh, testament to Seth MacFarlane, he was somebody that I really did not enjoy until the se- first season of the Orville. And I was like, whoa, okay, this guy's got some writing chops and, honestly, some acting chops. And uh, I, 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 I got a whole new respect for seth mcfarlane after the orville and like through the production of season one two and now into three um just like where he draws the line and his issues with fox and now the things that he's able to do with uh being on hulu and the kind of broad strokes they're they're giving him for this one um i'm very excited about this next season
1: oh man it it so season three it's not even called season three it's just the orville new horizons it opens up with a little over an hour long episode mm-hmm. uh you get everything that you would want out of anything star, star trek. trek it's so good yeah you have a, a, a you have action you have conflict you have a tale of characters and morals and misunderstandings and, ethics and-, and lessons learned and <laughs> everything about it is so perfect and it does What the Orville does, which is present Star Trek the way that Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Enterprise and Voyager made Star Trek, but in the Orville package, and the first episode lacks the humor that Orville normally comes with, but so Mm -hmm. have episodes in the past. And it it continues what the Orville has done, which is continue Star Trek. Yes. Where things like um, f- the the newer Treks have, have not been able to do. Uh, and as a Star Trek fan, I'm fully engrossed and involved, and I appreciated everything they were doing, and I fully bought in and the the graphics are good the action is good the storytelling is very good the the characters are all there everything they do and and it tells a story of a mechanical being that can't feel feelings but is forced into
2: a very emotional situation <laughs> killing himself yeah, yeah
1: and and it's it's how people deal with uh um. Uh, Loss and friendship and grief and and someone's uh, suicide, but also how hatred and, and, and disdain and and, yeah. and dislike and and how you can be on either side of it. And there's people that that straddle that fence of well, this is someone I really like, but I don't like mm-hmm. them right now. But now that they're gone, how do I feel? It was a lot packed into an hour.
2: It was. Uh, to to comment on uh, one of the comments in the comments, uh, Vince on Twitch says he thought the first episode was good, but Seth MacFarlane's acting was super wooden. It honestly hinders the show. And this okay. is something that that I, 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 I agree, but I'm willing to see it the course because...
1: Well he's the captain, and that's like the whole thing about him being a captain. And if you've watched the season one and season two about it, and you see the the things that he's had to live through and and the way that he's had to become the captain and not just the goofy character he started out at
2: well i it, think that the, the, the there's a shortcoming with Seth, Seth MacFarlane's ability for dramatic acting i think that as a as a um an actor that dabbles into comedy, like as the series gets more serious, I think we might see whether his strengths or weaknesses will appear because, you know, he's definitely more of a a, a comic actor, but I think that, you know, I think he's gracefully handling this, this transition into more serious.
1: But the character he plays is a dude who wants to be goofy. Mm -hmm. Like that's his natural thing, but he's forced into being the commander of this ship. He's but the captain have, of the yeah. ship. And you
2: have a supporting cast. You know, Adrian Palicki and and, and Penny Johnson Gerald. I mean, Penny Johnson Gerald is an, an, a very accomplished dramatic actor. And she I, was in Deep Space Nine. She was in Deep Space Nine. And I actually worked with her on a movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I I chatted with Penny a lot, and she's very very serious about her acting and her methods. And she's she's great to work with and incredibly professional. Um, but you know, uh, but you got you, you've got super serious actors like that. But then you've got you. You know comedians like Scott Grimes and other guys that are coming in and and just kind of keeping it always balanced um, and also kind of sad hearing you know Norm Macdonald. Uh, yeah, at the beginning there, of you know.
1: the episode, they have the whole Norm thing, and his voice is there.
2: Yes, yeah, they recorded so. a lot of his voice already. So, um, but you know, season one's out or the first episode of season one is out. I'm looking forward to season two or episode two this week, and um, yeah, the Orville. i'm I'm ready
1: i I, I was very excited about it uh we've been waiting for orville for a long time we started talking about orville back when we were on fm radio because i turned you on to it Mm -hmm. and it's so good and it's it's season three has been too too long awaited and i was uh very excited to see that it was released last week um
2: uh, Vince asked are they all one hour I'm not sure but well, I'm gonna assume they are we'll
1: see Thursday mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, hopefully they are uh it makes it definitely the the hulu budget you know you get something cinematic out of it it was it was very good it was exactly what you would expect from like a next generation movie mm-hmm. rolled into an an episode but they ended it in an episodic way yes so yes. you you get what you would expect out of a uh Next gen episode, but it was it was it was as good as like a next gen cinema experience. Yep, yep. It was good. I liked it. I had a good time. Can't wait for this week's episode.
2: Well, on that note, uh, we need to move on to Crimes of the Future, um, the new film from David Cronenberg, of course Viggo Mortensen, Kristen Stewart, Leah Sidhu. um, This film not in every theater nationwide, and uh, it is out here in northwest Arkansas where we where we record the show, uh, and we both got a chance to see it. I did not yes. expect you to go see this movie. I'm the one that told you about it. I mean, you tell me about a lot of things that you're not going to go see in well, the theater. Well, that's true, I guess.
1: But um, I was very excited to find it because it was a secret release. Yes. Well, because if you remember last week when we were like, movie's coming out, and it was The Watcher and some movies no one's ever heard of. And this one came out. It was a secret release. Just snuck June in there. release. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, Well, I gotta go. Um, gotta see it and I gotta let you know about it so that we can Watch it and talk about it. Talk about it.
2: So, uh, while we still have time, let's jump in. David Cronenberg, of course, this movie named after um, the same movie he made in 1970. This has nothing to do with the 1970 crimes of the future, um, but it has very much to do with David Cronenberg. Um, You know... Everybody, and and then this is something that I want to I want to talk about because when I left this theater, I I, I I there was a lot of things personally that I was trying to dissect from this movie, um, because I felt like, um, you know, David Cronenberg, for a while was kind of like a cult movie hero Mm. you know a lot of his movies were not he he wasn't just like a Spielberg but he was he was heralded Spielberg esque to people that were big cult movie fans I mean you've got Dead Ringers you've got The Fly you've got Crash you've got you know all of these Videodrome you Mm -hmm. know Naked Lunch like just these incredible movies um, that that are not necessarily blockbuster accessible blockbuster style movies Um, but then Rick and Morty came along and Rick and Morty came along with this episode about the Cronenbergs, and everything was like Cronenberging Cronenberg. And um, it made the term Cronenberg sort of a pop culture reference, where everybody knew what what Cronenberg was in Cronenberg-y style, which is like, oh, there's a... Uh, you know, a slit in your stomach that you stick a videotape in and there's a nutsack under your chin and there's well, like, a little you know, bit
1: more than a slit.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like everybody was like, Oh yeah, Cronenberg, yeah. And then people that have never seen any Cronenbergs were like, Oh yeah, of course Cronenbergs, <laughs> uh <laughs> Rick and Morty. Woo. And watching this movie, like, just th- with the th- the thematics of this film, this this film is about um, you know, we'll give you the quick Lineup or the plot is is in a, in a not so distant future I guess or a distant future there is um, you know uh, obviously it's post apocalyptic something happened there's uh, we we're we evolving as a species and uh, we've somehow lost the ability to feel pain mm-hmm. um, except and for when you're eating I guess well, um, well
1: so there's no pain there's no infection um, so people kind of seek out that. Uh, release a uh, very BDSM type thing. Well, I mean, and, like, and this is
2: where the Crash comes into play. Uh, if you're not familiar with the film Crash, it's about these people that, that get into car crashes, and it's like it's all about like you know, auto eroticism and near death and death and sexuality. And you know, uh, this movie again is, is all very penetrative and. You know uh, uh, about surgery and cutting and and sex and experiencing feeling in a different way that's not just the traditional organ sex.
1: Yeah, but also people trying to remove things from themselves that make them them to fit in with society, but also that's what's making them progress there's a
2: lot of layers here. There's a lot of layers. It's like the, the you know, stunting evolution to fit in, um, you know, even if those things could be good for you. Um, but but to me, visually, I felt like there, there was a lot of messages here because Cronenberg does love playing with that sort of, you know, otherness. Um, but, you know, and, and then just exploring the flesh. But the, the, where I think that this movie kind of got jumbled up is, you know, it, it, it was very much trying to go over the top Cronenberg with some things, you know, and just like, oh, we gotta have the existens bony, slimy things, you know, from that film because people know that. We gotta have the Videodrome, like, gut thing because everybody remembers that and we got to have you know got to have people getting all horny about gross shit because we did that was crash and everybody really liked crash and we got to have you know and it's just like he was kind of picking and choosing but putting it also on display and i i kind of just want to i wonder if cronenberg was also very self-aware of what he was doing and putting his kind of life's work on display as kind of an art piece like he saw Tennerman? Yes. The whole thing is display. Exactly. The whole
1: thing is being out there and and open and aware and, and sharing who you are, but trying to fit in at the same time. It's a very deep movie, man. Very artsy. It was a lot deep,
2: but then there were some parts that really pissed me off, like the food chair, and uh, that was just Cronenberg for Cronenberg's sake, and you know they're they're and very giger too. Oh yes, like, like the the Sark and the food chair. Right. But, but you know, breaking the, own, the the rules of the universe that you created. I mean, you know, it's like, h- how is it that, you know, uh, the main character played by uh, Vigo Mortensen could, like, hold, you know, a fleshy, you know, um, uh, scarab beetle and perform, like, a surgery like this, but then when it comes to, like, trying to put a spoon full of porridge in his mouth, he's like, Aah! and he, like, can't do it, and, uh, and he needs this chair to do it, and it's just, like, rules
1: that so the whole thing wasn't that he couldn't put it in his mouth the whole thing was that he couldn't digest it i get it he couldn't
2: digest it but in the everybody that was trying to eat it was just like you know, the airplane couldn't come in for a landing, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and 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 that kind of stuff was played up to a point that I thought was unnecessary. I think if you had just used the the, the metaphor of like, they have a difficult, they have to sit in this device to like, like if they could scoop it and eat it, and then the and whole and then thing the whole him. thing goes. Yeah, I mean, there was just some some things that just didn't Ooh. seem consistent. And who were those two repair ladies? Okay, so I I talk okay.
1: Spoiler alert, because I don't know how to talk about this without doing it. Uh, my fiance and I talked about this after the movie because she was like, "What's their whole deal?" Because they
2: reminded me of the character that investment um, protection. Well, I, well, that well, I was, I was. They reminded me of the character played by Robert De Niro in Brazil. Um, hmm. You know, the kind of repair man that comes in that yes works for the company and does actual repairs, but when they need something to be, you know, investment protected, um, they come in and, and do the job. And I feel like maybe their their whole point was to keep things tidy so word doesn't get out so they can keep selling these chairs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of how it exactly seemed like they were big nerds about that company. They were fully invested. Their life was that mechanical bed, chair, table, whatever company. Thorax. Yeah. Their, their whole life was the Giger furniture, (laughs) you know, and they had to make sure it worked because it wasn't just that, that that's where they got their paycheck. That's what their life was. That's what made them horny. That's what made them want to wake up in the morning and, and do something. Mm-hmm. And so they had they had to protect
2: their life. Yeah, their life investment. Yeah, but you know, I did. You just get a moment of that, and and I and that that was again going back to where they were characters. Okay,
1: honestly, spoiler. I I, I, I wish they were explored a little bit more. They were the one
2: thing where the movie ended. And I'm like, but what about them? I want to know more. I want to <laughs> well, see. And and I think that that again, one of the complaints I had of this movie. Which let me go ahead and say, I enjoyed this movie. Um, that there wasn't more. But well, and and you know, all the parts towards the end that start to make some sense into what's happening here Mm -hmm. just it's like they got brushed so quickly at the end yeah it's like hey now that you have a
1: little bit of explanation and sense we're done it's done there you go figure it out and you're like please sir can I
2: have some more and like I don't know I wish they could have maybe explained a reason for Vigo Mortensen's like urban Ronin suit all the Why time. Why he would put the mask on? Yeah, I, yeah, never I mean,
1: explained. Yeah, because he he would like cough and stuff, and he put the mask on when he was coughing. He just looked but like he would take it off, and he's
2: like, oh, it's some, no big deal. Yeah, some neo futuristic samurai guy, and I mean, there was there was you know I I understand uh, aesthetic. And, I mean, some of my favorite directors are all about crazy costumes and crazy set pieces and crazy this and crazy that. But a lot of it fits and has form as well as function. And um, there were some parts in this movie that just the form didn't fit the function and um you know like like some of the 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 carapace like the the very geiger-esque nature of some of these things was just ripped right out of existence you could have still done a lot of body horror and grossities but why did like why did this tech company all of a sudden decide to make everything look like you know uh, an hr geiger ding dong and uh (laughs) it's just like okay well because they clearly in this version of the future have like you know boats and tvs and couches and blenders but there's no computers there are well, there there were CRT televisions, so, so th- they used uh, tube TVs. Mm-hmm.
1: but they they recorded everything in hand-drawn art which
2: is very h.r. geiger if you go back to the original alien yeah you know so there, I mean, there's a lot of crt televisions and then you know weird non-functional or or uh, blade runner you know the computer's like tug-a, 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 in a time where there were actually computers that had <laughs> you know floppy disks they were it, like nope we're not going to use that we're going to do this
1: there's a lot of things that uh, make you think and and i think the Active word of the movie, and and the whole point of it is provocative. Oh and, yeah, and provocation, and the whole thing is to to be provocative in in every sense in in its.
2: But, you know, where I... Intellectual and sexual and... Where I want to draw the line sometimes is being provocative for provocative sake without having a message for your provocatoriness, you know? There
1: was a message. You just had to kind of read between the lines at the end about the whole how it ended thing.
2: Well, I mean, I I liked the ending. I thought the ending worked fine. Um, Yeah. Um, Eating. Eating uh and it's it's about evolution of the species and you know it's about a lot of weird stuff and this movie is definitely not for anybody or, or everybody uh well, but, so when
1: we walked in uh w- one of our good friends uh manager at the theater who is one of the people Larry? that helped with arcadia retro yeah, yeah uh he told uh me and my fiance he was like hey man a lot of people have walked out of this movie, and both of us got very excited. Really. Oh, yeah. Same. Perfect. I'm like, this that is my means kind of movie. It's, yeah. That means it's that's why we are here. To see this
2: movie. And I wouldn't have, I you know, I, I've been to a lot of movies where a lot of people have walked out of. And I, I mean, I think that this movie's not that challenging. Uh, there are some gross out moments, but no more than I've seen in some modern horror movies. I really didn't you know? understand,
1: yeah, why someone would would walk out of it. And well, okay, there's one or two parts. But they were both towards, you were already past the halfway mark. And yeah. if you're ready to walk out at that point, it's like, what were you doing here the whole time? right um,
2: I mean there, there was only one scene and it was uh, involving a child and, uh, and really you don't think the zipper
1: and the oh no I've
2: seen I thought that was just funny to me because yeah. it was very videodrome mm. and well, if you've um, seen videodrome of course it's like <laughs> whatever yeah yeah um and but i felt like it was just a, a, a an homage scene to videodrome and that's where you know there was a lot of homage scenes in this movie where i started to think like is is cronenberg doing a reflective performance art piece of his own career in this film i don't know but it felt like it um so oh yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, Sam said the only things he's walked out on Is Dickie Roberts former child star And Thin Red Line I give you Thin Red Line because at the time It wasn't something that you could respect Because other better Saving Private Ryan movies Came out at the same time But Dickie Roberts is so good <laughs> Because Nick Swanson
2: is my favorite comedian I've never watched that whole movie yeah, that's I've fair. never made it through That's fair
1: But, the, but, but Crimes of the Future It's good
2: it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a movie I would expect a, to see in theaters. It's a thinking movie. Um, and I don't think it's going to be in theaters very long if you want to catch it. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, it's
1: actually it's actually pretty good to see in the theaters. And you know what the fun part is? I watched it in the same theater that we saw Blade Runner 2049 in, mm-hmm. where it was like, why are more people not watching this in the theater? And because to get the music and the sound. Oh, Howard, to get the, the
2: Howard Shore score to, to, get the to this movie was actually really, really good.
1: Yeah, to get the effect of being there and being a part of the performance art that drives the movie, I feel like you kind of have to be in the theater a little bit. A little bit. It's definitely something you can watch at home. I'm not telling you that you can't. It's not like... um, Fury, like the tank movie that like you have to watch in the theater or Top Gun, or Maverick, Top Gun Maverick where yeah. it's like, you you got to be in the theater when you see it at least the first time. Or like when Dune. we saw, when you see Jaws or, or Dune in the theater, you're like, this is how it's supposed to be. But being in the theater definitely helps being able to be brought in and be a part immersed
2: of immersed in the goop,
1: the audience of the performance immersed art in the yeah. new
2: flesh. It was very much New Flesh. Uh, definitely interesting movie to have in a the theater. Um, if you want more movies to come out that aren't just Jurassic Worlds and... Thor Ragnarok clones, um, then check this one out. I mean, support support the indie movie. And this, even though it's David Cronenberg directed and everybody knows what that is, this is definitely an indie film by by definition. Um, just because it's somebody you've heard of does not mean it's not indie. Indie means basically not Marvel and Disney and, you know, uh, Warner Brothers and Paramount. So, um, yeah, I would recommend it. Um, I mean, I would not recommend it to everyone. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and say you got to be ready for this movie. Yeah. But uh but it was good. You you're, you're going to have naked
1: people. Uh you're going to see all the parts of all the people. You're going to see inside of the people. Um mm-hmm. you're going to see things that you're probably not comfortable with and 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 I don't know. I mean, I liked it. It was fun. It was. It was a good movie. It was a good, good movie. theater movie. And it, it it makes you think. And that's the f- some of the fun part of going to the cinema is you're like, wow, okay, let's talk what, let's about it. Yeah. Yeah, let's unpack this. Let's talk about it on the ride home. Yeah, the ride let's, home was actually mm-hmm. one of the... F- fun parts about it because you get to explore. Standing out in the
2: parking lot with your friends. Yeah, you get
1: to explore the movie a little bit, and, and that's, I think, what some of the best cinemas designed to do, and, and this does it, and uh, there wasn't one part of it I didn't like, so.
2: Well, all right. Well, with that said, let's jump into the box office because we're almost out of time for the show. We're going to give you the box office roundup for this last weekend, June 3rd through 5th, 2022. What we do here is we give you the top 10 movies in America of last week. We only do domestic totals because that is the only totals that uh, Hollywood really cares about. Everything else is gravy. So we're going to start. Let's go ahead and start with number 11 since um, number 11 was the movie I just talked
1: about. Well, I want to hit you with the top dozen because this is the one that you talked about last Last week. week. I think Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, So men coming out number 12 this week. Only made $400,000 in theaters, bringing it to a total of $7 million. Uh, we did a review on that. Bo did it. Uh, go back and watch it. Number 11, opening at number 11, Watcher. Ooh. Just reviewed on this show. Opened with
2: 826000 Uh So there it sits. Oh, well, let's not forget Morbius, which got a re-release. A re-release, because the internet has been going full-on Morbin time. Really? It got re-released in 900 additional, 950 additional theaters this past weekend because of the internet, but it only came in with another 310,000. So it flopped again, and uh, it's kind of funny.
1: Well, hey, Vince says Dominic Toretto really makes you think, you know what, sometimes Vin Diesel can. Uh, Fast and Furious, not so bad all the time. Uh, number 10, oh, bummer opening at number 10. It was only Crime, in Crimes of the Future. Only in 773. I'm very happy that it was here in that little number of release. Not even an announced release, because when I saw it, it said June release. If you look it up on Wikipedia, that's what it says. Uh, brought in $1.1 million uh, for its opening total. Uh, Crimes of the Future, we both recommend it. Definitely go see it. Try and give it a little bit of money. Let's make it the next Everything Everywhere all at once. Uh, if we can, that would be I don't be. know if it has that right. much appeal. <laughs> uh, wide <laughs> Probably appeal. not, but you know what? It's fun. Uh, hanging in the top ten, Lost City coming in at number nine, dropping down from last week at its number eight spot. Still bringing in $1.36 million for a total of $103,999. $104 million brought in by lost city i still i have time want to see it uh i think it's being shown at our drive our Drive-in. Driving, maybe. yeah i
2: think it's top gun and lost city this weekend
1: uh no this weekend <laughs> is jurassic park and oh that's
2: right i'm thinking last weekend
1: yeah 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 uh, i can't remember the other one it might still be lost city who knows uh go see a drive-in national drive-in day Make it happen! Don't let them uh, kill all of them. Like our local one has been sentenced to death. Unfortunately, that is yep. uh, in concrete, and that sucks. Uh, number eight, uh, dropping down one spot. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two still hanging in there, bringing in one point seven million for a total of one hundred eighty-eight and a quarter million dollars domestic. Sonic killing it. I actually can't wait till number three. The first two have been beyond expectations. Uh, see if they can do it again i've been very happy with them the first one is fantastic the second one kind of maintains not as good but still very good uh, i liked them um suggest it go watch it number seven vikram opening uh at s- and number seven look at
2: 1.77 million only 465 theaters too i mean Damn. it's theater it's theater average beat dr strange killing it yeah which absolutely is- killing
1: it yeah uh, that'll be one to try and watch. If that's available, maybe I'll watch that. I don't know if I really want to watch Jurassic World 3. Uh, number six, maintaining number six. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Only still dropping
2: 18%. Like, in its 11th week, getting an extra 250 theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, w- w- this movie, is you can't stop this movie.
1: No, and that's fantastic. That's amazing. Killing it. $2 million brought in this week for a total domestic of 60.5 million in 11 weeks. Still going strong. I want to watch it sometime. I need to sometime. It's just one of those that so many other things come out and there's so little time, but I will watch it eventually. I love Michelle Yeoh. She kills it and everything. Uh, Number five, Downton Abbey, which... I meant to watch, but if Crimes of the Future hadn't come out, I was going to watch it for you guys. Excuses, excuses. No, well, I, hey, my fiance loves Downton Abbey, uh, but Crimes of the Future came out, and that's a little bit more interesting, a little bit harder to find. Downton Abbey will be available on HBO at some time. It's definitely not a theater-have-to-see-at movie, but Maggie Smith, always great, uh, dropped from number four. Still brought in $3.2 million for a total of $36 million domestic. domestic. Uh, interested to see where that is. International because Downton Abbey is a phenomenal type thing. There it is, uh, forty-three and a half million uh, international, bringing a total of nearly eighty million total. So not so bad, not so bad for Downton Abbey. Uh, number four, g- growing up one, uh, still going up in popularity. The bad guys bringing in three point three million this week for a total of eighty-seven and a quarter million dollars. Domestic, maintaining its success, doing it. Yeah, animated movies out there giving families something to watch. I mean, when Crimes of the Future and titties and ding-dongs and ears all over people is too much yeah, for people. Yeah, a dead
2: 10-year-old penis. Yeah, like.
1: Eight. He was eight. Okay. It was, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's my bad. He was yeah. even, younger. <laughs> yeah, even younger. Yeah, even younger. Don't church it up, son. Uh, maintaining number three, Bob's Burgers, bringing in $4.6 million, uh, for a total of 22 and a third Uh, probably not doing as much as they would have hoped with the popularity of that show on the internet but it is hanging in there doing something it gives you a animated option if you don't want to have to deal with the bad guys yep Uh, number two maintaining number two Doctor Strange uh, mom bringing in nine million for a total of 388.6 million dollars that's
2: a bunch of money y'all that's
1: a lot of money for Marvel for a character that Historically, comic books have not been near as successful. Mm-hmm. But I guess less is more, and uh, they're making that work, and people just...
2: I mean, same with Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would have thought? You well, know?
1: Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that was one thing of the news I missed. Uh, 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 Maria Bakalova has been cast in it. That's big news from Borat. So there's still more going on with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We'll see more of that once Thor uh, Love and Thunder comes out, I'm sure. Uh, number one, maintaining number one, Top Gun Maverick killing it, brought in 90 million dollars. Every movie that we've talked about so far put together can't even come close to amounting what Top Gun brought in this Another week. Another huge weekend, which brings its total to just shy of 300 million dollars at 295. Its international bringing in 261.6 and a worldwide gross of five and a half. Which is pretty yeah, yeah, pretty
2: wild, because this is a very America-centric movie, and generally movies that are about like American military don't do well overseas, but this one's doing pretty well overseas. Yeah, but
1: you're talking Tom Cruise, talking you're talking, Tom talking Tom Cruise. unknown
2: enemies, you're talking
1: real G-forces on people. It's a good-ass movie, man. You're is. You're talking nostalgia, bro.
2: It is. And as Vince said on Twitch, the lowest drop ever from a hundred million plus opening. I mean, that's, that's, nice. yeah, that I, you know. And it
1: got another 16
2: theaters added. They're like, like oh, we got to squeeze more in. Yeah. Where else
1: can we put Top Gun? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there you go. Well, that is your box office for this past week, June 3rd through 5th. And that's our show, guys. We're, um, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week. We're, uh, probably going to be talking to you about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs! saw DNA! Also uh, this week we've got the new Jurassic Park pinball uh, from Stern over at Pinpoint. Brand new Jurassic Park Premium. If you want to check that one out over the week and get your Jurassic Park fix while you're building up to this weekend, if you're excited about it, you can come check that out. And uh, yeah, you can always like and subscribe uh, over on our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube so you can participate each week right here in the chat with everybody else that we've been talking to. Um, Or you can just download the podcast and listen to us anytime where Wherever you get your podcast so don't forget to tell your friends don't forget to tell your loved ones um you, uh, will, your grandma would love us i promise that's true and Talking uh about cronenberg ding noise. yeah of course that's what we do that's what we do but um yeah on that note i'm boom operator i'm the grip and we'll see you guys next week